2: get the most for your holiday dollar with these all-star values
0: wow did you see that Ooh, look at that guy i wish i brought my
2: rollerblades that looks like great exercise you're
0: good where'd you get those rollerblades at mvp
2: sports they've got the best prices around i got my la gears there too us too mine were just 44.99 and my husband's were just 49.99 my daughter loves her la gears and i love mvp prices MVP.
3: I lit my uh, my goth candle. I got two of them. This one is called Alter. And uh, the other one is called Disintegration. And it has lyrics from Disintegration on the label. Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it smells like Robert Smith's yeah, from, tears.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I got it from this company called Burke and Hare. Which, uh, if you're familiar with the historical references, is, is, is fun. They were uh, grave robbers
2: in the UK.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, grave robbers.
3: Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Huh. I've got a... Uh... I've got a candle that smells like the lumberyard at Home Depot. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's Cooter. Yep, goop that too. It's a co- it's a collection. Oh. <laughs> the lumberyard in the in the goop.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. All, all of the Paltrows. Why not Rebecca Paltrow?
3: Uh... Oh no, fuck her! I don't. I, <laughs> she she needs nothing in this world. She needs to go away. Is what she needs to do. <laughs> her and her fucking husband. Yes, you're right. I don't even know who they are. Uh, the she's she's the wife of the founder of WeWork, and she's Gwyneth Paltrow's cousin. Ah, wow! That's all that's you need world, to know, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I saw some uh, necro pants uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't know if you guys are interested in hearing more about necro pants, but um, are those yeah dead pants? yeah
0: pants of the dead?
3: Yeah, so it's a pair. Yeah, it, you could call them pants. Uh, basically, what it is is it's the flayed skin of a lower torso of a person um, that. Post their own death would be removed from their body and then would be worn by another person, who would put coins inside the scrotal area. And the idea was that you'd put a few coins in and you'd
2: get a lot of coins out. Of course. Now, of course. Now, does a family member wear the pants, or are these like picked up at a savers? Like, how does this work?
3: You have to have an arrangement with the person you are taking the pants from. So it, you cannot like just like. Rob a grave and, and like take their pants. Like this has to be I mean, something you, arranged pre-death. I mean, you could. You just don't get caught. Well, you
0: need to make sure you're the same size.
3: You could, but but if you're gonna get the coins out of that those sweet sweet scrotum coins, uh, you're gonna have to play ball by the rules.
0: Now, I, I apologize, Christopher. Walk me through one more time. So these aren't these aren't like the pants, like actual pantaloons worn by the dead. These are like we're, we're flaying the skin of the like lower part of the body off, and and like yep turning like that into pants like like so you would need you would yeah, need to I mean, be once, smaller once you've removed, you would need to be smaller than that person in order to fit in them correct
3: uh i don't know look at this look at this see what's happening there that's some elastic skin right there i guess i guess skin stretches
0: sure and i and, you know tight tight pants are in right now i guess um <laughs> but
2: yeah, i mean haven't you ever stuffed a sausage that stuff's stretchy
0: yeah okay sure yeah, and I'm, I'm sure after death, it definitely loses its elasticity. And, you know, and if uh, if this person was elderly, which, you know, if they just died, they probably were. Absolutely.
3: Here, I'll send you guys a picture in the chat so you can you can kind of describe what you're seeing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Do, 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 do. I thought that said Attleboro for a second. I was like, oh, it's local to me. Oh, here we go. And uh,
3: unfortunately, it is, it is censored, but I, I assure you that the genitals are um, intact.
2: Oh, I love this. I'd go to a dance party <laughs> at least.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm still loading up here. Uh...
2: Necropants and other tales of the 17th century Atlantic sorcery. Magic wealth and goat's milk could be yours if you could stomach the rituals. Uh, a buddy of mine's actually over in Iceland right now for the first time. He, he's fucking loving it. You should
3: tell him to go check out the uh, Necropants. Oh, look at those.
2: That's a that's a great idea I should.
3: It's it's only about 5 hours from the city, so you know, it wouldn't ruin an entire day or anything to go there and back.
2: Those are not bad. Is it next door to is it extor, is it next door to the Dick Museum?
3: Uh it is quite far from the Dick Museum, which has actually moved into a much larger location. Imagine having to move all the dicks Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. You, you can get hired as a dick that, mover. Yes. Yeah, you, you, you're a dick mover. Dick moves, if you can just Please, ima-
3: please. Please, please. Call me Richard. My father is Mr. Mover.
2: I just, uh, I imagine the person who's uh, responsible for moving the dicks just like counting like the count on Sesame Street. One dick. Uh, uh, uh. Two dicks. Four hundred and seventy-three dicks. Ah, ah, ah. man, that—that's a no. That, just to clarify, that's a dick
0: move right there. Okay.
3: <laughs> oh. It, in your head, are you seeing this as a worker just doing the count's voice, or are you seeing the count from Sesame Street there uh, overseeing the process, like controlled by someone from I mean, behind be- a table? So you just see like the count as someone's doing actual <laughs> who work nearby. Who better
0: to have on hand. I mean, the guy, the the guy's a counter,
3: literally on hand.
2: Yeah. Why not? Yeah. As far as I know, yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's a pretty good he's... counter. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. he's, he's. I mean, count- that's, he's count- that's kind of the point. <laughs> he's counting in Icelandic, though. He's not counting in English.
0: Yeah, I don't know any of those. Don't look at
3: me. Yeah, I can get up to three. Ein, uh, 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 Tvar uh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and I forget three.
2: So you can get to two. Good. Yep. Uh, it's yeah, like sadly. Inside- Sadly, I, I only know that Japanese because of hot dogs. Too. <laughs> oh, well, there, oh, you, there go. you go. Yeah. Uh, Ichi and yeah, Ni, one and two. How was, uh, how was your ring road trip, Christopher?
3: It was excellent, um, beyond the, um, the necropants. Uh, I had a top five meal of my life, which, was, uh, which that was something else. Ooh. It was a horse stuffed if... inside another horse. Oh. No, but I did have horse, good, uh, like a, a horse the, uh, the first night I was in town. Horse (laughs) Horsen. Yeah. (laughs) Now there's this little, um, there's a little fishing village uh, way up in the West Fjords, uh, probably population of like 1,200, and there's this family-owned restaurant there where basically their deal is they have dinner every night. You arrive at time to eat dinner and they will feed you until, and I quote, how did they phrase it? Until you You can't fit into your necro pants anymore until until you can say i am not hungry any longer
0: <laughs> please stop so i i am hungry do... no more
3: <laughs> yes the so hunger is ended they do i am is filled they go with out food that morning <laughs> yes uh well i can tell you about the british guy that was there with me he had some things to oh, say no. but uh yeah of course oh, it's God. a fucking brit overseas of course <laughs> he's going to be a fucking no. like, I, nightmare of a person oh i,
0: boy, I got <laughs> he, he wasn't quite that bad this he was true
2: he was more just disgusting.
3: But here's how the restaurant... Uh,
2: was he the... Uh, uh, was it Monty Python and the Meaning of Life with the big fat guy who eats the mint and then explodes? Yes. Was it like that? Yeah. Good <laughs> shit. Well, I'll, 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 I'll get there.
3: But uh, so the way that this restaurant works is, like I said, basically, it's not quite like buying a ticket, but like they have a certain amount of reservations. You make your reservation, and then you show up, and like no one else is allowed in. And this family goes to the docks every morning, just buys whatever the hell is fresh, and then they're like, "All right, you know, um, all this stuff looks good. Let's figure out a menu right now." So they just cook whatever the hell they have, however the hell they want to do it, and then they slowly just start bringing it out, and you just go buffet style, and they just keep on cooking like skillets of more food as you like, as stuff like is uh, is finished off. They'll just cook more shit, and they start cooking different things as the night goes on. So it's just like. You get ridiculously filled with food, but you also have the opportunity to try, like, new insanely good things that they're putting out. So, yeah, we were, uh, we were seated at a table with uh, a couple women from Brookline, weirdly enough, yeah. uh, huh. which is, for those of you not in the area, um, a city not at all far from uh, where any of us live, except for Patrick now. And uh, there was a, another uh, American couple on the other side of us, but two people away from us was a British dude who was inexplicably in this Icelandic fishing village of like 1,200 people on business. I have no idea what uh. the hell this guy was there for on business, but he was brought there by some locals. And uh, since they weren't as, as, as fluent in English as we were, he was kind of talking to us for the most part, which, I mean, unless they were wooing him, uh, I don't think that's the way to conduct yourself in a business environment. But he kept talking to us, and he was just making the grossest comments. Like, you guys know me. And people who have listened to this podcast before know me to some extent. I can say disgusting things about eating. I can say like, oh, yeah, last night I ate like I was going to go to the chair. Yeah, I woke up this morning and I had to take a big shit because I ate so much last night. This all pales in comparison to the way that this English guy was talking to the woman sitting next to me.
1: Oh, just good. like
3: He's just like, oh, I, 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 can, I can go to the bathroom and... If I go to the bathroom, I can pile some more on top. (laughs) And, like, just saying, like, horrible (laughs) things like that while someone is eating. Someone he has never met before. On top. So, this means that he left the the shit that
0: he already took. (laughs) He's going to go pile some more on (laughs) top.
3: I, that that was just like the one that I heard, and I just kept hearing things like coming from him, and then the couple next to me just kind of like saying things like <laughs> when he when he went away, he went away early. Uh, he, they actually all left. Uh, <laughs> they they before. took him away.
2: <laughs> they they very well may have. Yeah. Um, I don't know <laughs> what the situation was. He's a, he was he, making. They, they took him away and they prepared him for the next night's meal. I was like Willie Walker style
3: great they they got like the will uh, the old yeah the dude the du- the impressive thing was he was like a big guy but he wasn't obese like I, you would see him and you'd be like oh, okay yeah that's an overweight man but he's not the kind of person that you would think could house down like three full plates filled with proteins and carbs and then right before he weaves he like gives me a wink and says one more huh and he grabs a bowl of soup
1: <laughs> one more
3: huh <laughs> yeah Oh, what what you give me a bite of that?
0: Uh, that That's our our lampshade. <laughs> oh, that was good for me.
2: <laughs> yeah, need you like, to leave. I, I know I've shown you
0: guys. eating the furniture now, sir.
3: It, it reminds me of the. Um, I've shown you guys this before, but uh, anyone else who hasn't seen it, just look up uh, Brian Butterfield Diet on YouTube, and uh, that's very similar to what I was seeing.
0: Yeah. So that's pretty cool, though. That's, uh, yeah, like, like a family style dinner, but like. They sort of just like felt it out over the course of the night, you know. Like, that's great.
3: Yeah, it was honestly like I know we use this term a lot, joking around, but it was basically like jazz cooking. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I I I, I totally <laughs> yeah, dig no, that. I, um, <laughs> we did um when I went over to Estonia for work, we did. I mean, it wasn't like they went and grabbed a bunch of stuff and made the menu on the spot, but uh, the Estonian guys took us out to this restaurant. Uh, and we sat at the chef's table, and it was—I think it was like eight or nine courses, and it was like kind of the same deal. It was like we're gonna put in front of you whatever the chef feels like making. Uh, yeah, th- that's great. Yeah. yeah, it was cool. I ate some some shit I never thought I'd eat before. I ate uh, uh, raw beef hearts with salmon eggs. I think that was mm-hmm. probably one of the stranger things. Wow. Yeah, that's good. No, is that from season four? Yeah. Yeah. Sam we never did egg. Captain oh, Four.
3: We never
0: did a Beefheart yeah. album. What are you talking about?
3: We never did seasons <laughs> either. That was a, that was a Stranger Things joke, you see. Uh I see. Because it's topical. Because it's it's on the television now, and, and the kids are watching it. That's right.
2: It's on the old boob tube. Yeah. I
0: heard I heard that Metallica. <laughs> that Metallica is gonna gonna go places now. They played their Master of Puppets song on the program. <laughs> <laughs> Those boys are going places. On
3: the first season, way back then. Yeah, uh one thing I will say though, take, uh, my big takeaway, if you ever have the chance to eat cod cheeks, uh it is absolutely delicious. Yeah. Cod cheeks. Cod cheeks. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. uh they just like fried them up and it was like really really good. What good
0: things about cheeks in general like that that that's just like a good spot for for a lot of uh oh, like, lot of creatures. Like pig cheeks. Yeah, like pig cheeks, yeah. uh human cheeks if you if you're if you're, you know, going to get an Gonna dabble in cannibalism, like that's kind of the one to start with.
2: <laughs> I mean is that I've, a dabbling I've, field or is that just I've, a field you I've, get into? Yeah. <laughs> I've bit on my own cheek before. It's very painful. Yeah. But uh, you know.
0: But doesn't taste bad, right? Tasty. Like like it's it's fine. No. Like
3: yeah, it's like the Mark Wahlberg film, Pain and Gain. It is
0: it's exactly like that. Uh Pain and then Was gain.
2: that uh was was that on the uh on the ceiling when we went to Wahlbergers before uh Going to Portugal was that on there? I think it was actually, it probably was. Yeah,
3: yeah,
0: there he is. Look at him, dear leader Mark Wahlberg. Uh, if you haven't uh, been able to ascertain, this is <laughs> Old Men Yell at Cloud, a, a birthday bonus episode of Old Men Yell at Cloud because that's uh, that's where we're at now. Uh, but yeah, very exciting. Uh, this is. Kind Of exciting because it's not only uh kind of the one of the first old men yellow clouds we've done in a minute, uh, it's also like the first birthday bonus I've done in a couple years because I think I forgot to do one last year. Uh, the last one I did before that, I think, was Todd Rundgren and it didn't go so well. Uh, <laughs> I just kind of gave up. God,
3: that was your birthday so, too? Jesus Christ, I'm yeah. sorry,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, I, 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 uh, you know, I, I. So it took a year off no uh, uh no i don't know i think I, I was moving across country or some shit so so i was a bit occupied but no here we are uh birthday bonus number 11 i guess and uh yeah this is one of mine uh oh i'm patrick and uh yeah joined as always by Christopher brown
2: yes i am here and
0: jim schultz
2: Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, Happy birthday. to you! You smell like Harambe, and you look like him too. Ah, oh, nice! Happy birthday! Now, is that
3: Harambe now or a few years
2: ago? <laughs> it's Harambe now. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if <laughs> he's probably a little decayed by now. Yeah, he's probably not looking at his best. Although, you know, they might have stuffed him and put him in like the museum, assigned somewhere or something. Nah, like he's that. just oh, monkey bones just at this point. <laughs> they did a stuffed Harambe <laughs> after, they,
0: after they the after the I do hear that they uh, that,
3: the fact that he pronounced that with a triplet. It. I think he's just monkey bones. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they uh, I heard they cut out his cheeks and they were delicious.
3: Oh yeah, you, I mean that, that's
0: they wait for any sort of opportunity to eat the cheeks of the zoo animals that pass away. They're like they're, there's a whole waiting list. They're like oh yeah, I'm getting those cheeks next week, baby.
3: Well, it's kind of the adult alternative to uh, in the winter. I know the Stone Zoo in Stoneham does something called Zoo Lights, where they have like Christmas lights all through the zoo, and you can go through there during the night and whatever. Uh, and during the summer, they do uh, Zoo Cheeks, and that's for uh, for the dads
2: They can come s- in and eat the cheeks of the Finally. dead animals. <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, but the Zoo Lights, they just they wrap like the antelope in Christmas lights. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> the they just wrap, wrap all there? the animals. <laughs> wrap Granted, all the I- animals
3: with Christmas lights. I was going dark, but not Ed Gein dark like you were going.
0: <laughs> we got elephants out here in like twenty degree weather. How are they doing? Oh, they got the
2: Christmas lights though. That heats them up. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Not these LEDs. These LEDs, man, they don't they don't heat up. Damn. Plus, it's very ener- fact energy efficient.
3: The the elephants like the cold.
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. They're uh. They, they want to be like their their Mastodon uh, ancestors. They're pretty cool.
3: Yeah, they just need a few generations to like really get the hair going again. Yeah. Um, and then, then they'll be all set. Listen,
0: nature isn't perfect. Nature takes time. Okay. Uh, elephants, they lost the hair, and now they want it back. And that's their prerogative. It's important that we, you know, talk about that. <laughs>
3: I'm now just thinking of a parody commercial, uh, hair club for elephants. <laughs> I was, it's just basically hair I was club thinking for men, would, but
2: <laughs> it'd just be like that Beavis and Butthead episode where they where they want beards so they cut their hair off and go to the face, but we can just do it for the elephants. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean they have hair. It's just like it's, it's not it's not like thick, like a like a nice beard. Like like, you know, a nice mastodon or a mammoth. Uh, no, I think I think, you know, they through evolution, they they you know they lost the hair, sure, but now they, they want to evolve back. What's wrong with that? Who are we to stand in their way? Sports is the third album by American rock band Huey Lewis and the <laughs> News. Released on September 15th, 1983. It reached number one on the Billboard 200 on June 29th, 1984. Uh, that was, I don't know, like a week before or two before I was born uh, July 12th 1984 Uh, and then uh, yeah that catapulted the band to international fame Uh, the band has been certified seven times platinum by the RIAA Uh, yeah the uh, here is a little history here the album was self produced and recorded promptly after the modest breakthrough success of the band's second album Picture This uh, which featured the hit Do You Believe in Love uh, which was a Mutt Lang pens tune, uh, obviously. Uh, however, due to reorganization and internal issues at the band's label, uh, Chrysalis, the band held back the master tapes, choosing to perform at small venues to showcase the new material while uh, the matters were sorted out. Uh, once Chrysalis got their affairs in order and agreement in place with the band's management, the master tapes were handed over for production. Real exciting stuff, guys. <laughs> Litigation, what, uh, what al- <laughs> Legal Squad. What album
2: was uh, Hip to Be Square on? Uh, that's on the next Four. one,
0: Four, uh, which came oh, out three okay. years later. Uh, and then, like, the two uh, Back to the Future songs were kind of in between in 1985 ish. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is a kind of a classic 80s pop album, uh, a lot of big hits on here. Yeah. Uh, yeah i mean there's not a ton of info here on on the wikipedia page oddly enough i feel like uh given this sort of length of time or, or lack thereof between picture this and sports like this uh album seems like it was kind of a not too too much thought put into it in between but like uh <laughs> yeah um yeah just not a lot of info here on like really a bunch of anything, which is fine. Uh, there, there's quite a few cover songs on this album, which we'll kind of get into over the, you know, the course of this discussion. Uh, I think like maybe only f- five of the tracks here feature writers from the band. Um, the rest are covers, uh, which is kind of interesting because Huey Lewis was also writing for other people at the same time. Uh, <clears throat> so I don't know, it's sort of like given and, and taking and, uh, I guess you can do that. because 1983. The world is your oyster, baby. New York, New York. And, uh, it's a hell of a town. Florida. Uh, let's go around the road and uh, maybe talk about favorite tracks off of sports. Christopher, what was your favorite track off this album?
3: <clears throat> Alright, so there were a few songs I liked on this album. Uh, I'm going to just kind of come right out and say i am close to a lifelong huey lewis fan (laughs) now i'm gonna qualify that a little bit because i liked huey lewis a lot when i was very little because it was in the back to the future movies and then later on um back in time was the theme song to the uh back to the future cartoon so having watched those movies and cartoon all the time i i uh, naturally gravitated towards the dulcet tones of uh, Mr. Lewis. But I also had older siblings who were age-appropriate to be watching MTV when this was on and to have his albums and what have you. Um, granted, I was very little, but I, I caught a lot of it by osmosis. Yeah, And then I just kind of like put music away entirely for a few years as I got really into video games. And when I was kind of coming out of that, it was when I bought my first bass and when I started like really listening to music again. And... It took me a few years. Uh, it was probably my no. It was my senior year of high school because that was when um, me, John Green, and Pat Vitaloni had the CD stealing ring from Best Buy, <laughs> and <laughs> so we were at the point we That's were uh, so successful at stealing CDs from Best Buy, and there has to be a statute of limitations <laughs> on this by now. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Best Buy in the Liberty oh, Tree no. the Ms. Mall in Danvers. Mr. Buy is coming after you now. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure he is. Come come at me, bro. Uh, So (laughs) yeah, basically they had a system where there was a little ticket on the outside of the CD, and if you just peeled that off, that was the only security tag they had. There was nothing inside the physical CD. Pat discovered this. So we were doing, we were taking CDs, like we were going up on trips there, like taking like two CDs each, um, multiple times a week, and we did it enough where we started getting bored and like started thinking, like, what the hell am I gonna take today? Like, we were on uh, that yeah. level of it. You, you needed so, to feel
2: that thrill. <coughs> yeah. You needed so, a new drug. Yeah.
3: Exactly. So, I I, <laughs> I saw a copy of Huey Lewis's Greatest Hits there, and I was like, oh, shit. I'm going to take this. This will be funny. And then um, we ended up listening to it on the drive back, and like, I don't know if it was Pat or John, but like, as we're driving back in my car, one of them's just like, this is pretty sick. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it is. And I started mm-hmm. like... For a few minutes, when I took the CD, I thought it was going to be ironically funny, and I would never listen to this again. And I ended up putting a bunch of songs on, like, mix CDs and things like that. I ended up, like, just getting into Huey again. So, yeah, that's my uh, abridged history with Huey Lewis. Uh, The postscript to the Best Buy thing is the one day that I didn't go with Pat and John, uh, they got busted. And uh, the police got involved, their parents got involved, and they paid the price but I learned the lesson from afar, so
2: uh, I didn't do any stealing again after that. I have a similar story from Suncoast Video, but we'll save that for another day. <laughs> a friend of a friend, all, friend, a friend, you know what, I'm going to tell a story, because it's yeah, a good story. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, so, so I don't know if you guys remember Suncoast Video, but there was one in Emerald Square Mall, and uh, uh-huh. yeah. we used to go to the mall every Friday night, so Tom Rubiero, friend of the show, uh, and our other friend Adam uh, our friend Adam was trying to steal a, uh, a DVD from Suncoast, and Tom walks over as he's trying to do it as he's, like, pulling the plastic off. And Tom grabs it and is like, what are you doing? Why do you want this one? Like, the plastic's, like, ripped off and, like, totally blew his cover. And, uh, yeah, the police came. So Tom, <laughs> Tom sent our friend Adam to jail.
0: Good stuff. <laughs> Love when the dude just blows your cover like that make me think of uh, uh, I a would friend say that... of mine oh sorry
3: oh no 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 please 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 continue no I was just I was just
0: going to tell us a, a story about thievery that didn't involve me but a friend of mine who was uh, taking art supplies from, uh, from a Michaels or something like that and hiding it in her backpack and I, I didn't know what she was doing so I just like started saying oh look you have little tiny brushes in your backpack little, little, little tiny <laughs> brushes they're, they're really tiny they're very small and she's just like, tell, tell me to shut up. And I, I don't know why I, was, why I was commenting on the size of the brushes, but I was like, oh, those are little tiny brushes. Wow. <laughs> what are you doing there? Oh, they're little footballs. What's your favorite track?
3: My favorite track was surprising. Um, it wasn't one I was thought I was going to pick, but it is Walking on a Thin Line. what I really liked about that, uh, I mean, there were a handful of things that I liked about it. Uh, it was actually lyrically, it wasn't written by Huey Lewis. So, uh, that might explain why lyrically it had a bit more thought going on than a lot of the other songs. Uh, it seemed to be discussing, uh, the mistreatment of Vietnam vets after they came back to the States. And, um, for having an actual meaning, I think they put a good amount of thought into the production as well. And it was the first time that they actually used electronics, uh, with the full band so they managed to use a drum machine but then their drummer kicked in they had some synth bass going on a pulse and then the bass player kicked in and then it would go back to the electronics then the band would come in again and it was kind of something that we see all the time now but it wasn't as common in, um, especially in the new wave era because back then people would pick and choose and it would be like alright drum machine the whole song alright synth bass the whole song um, so on and so forth and uh, yeah just the, if you just break it down to chords and melody it's it's, it's a great song
0: yeah that's uh. That's one that I like quite a bit too. It's up. It's up there for me. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and I think like the with the it's got a good chorus. Yeah, it's super catchy. And the uh, yeah, the guitar solo is like very emphatic. And and like yeah, it's just like my my type of shit. Good good like solid eighties pop.
2: Tasteful solo. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and I, I think like with the lyrical content and, and the sort of uh, even the production of it, it it's like kind of Springsteen y too. Where it's like you know, it's talking about the you know uh, mistreatment of, of Vietnam vets, but it's sort of like from this person's perspective, and like you know, it, it's also like yeah. kind of also a love song too, or like someone trying to make a connection with someone else. Uh, yeah, that that one. Uh, that, that's more of a thinking man song.
2: Jim. They call me the thinking man. Uh, my favorite track is. Um, huh. There's a little bit of foreshadowing earlier. I'm gonna go with I want a new drug. This was the this song came on, and I, I I'm pretty sure I've heard a good amount of these songs before. Whether you know we were talking about Shaw's Radio, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> or uh, w- wherever, um, but uh, this song came on, I was like, oh yeah, I know this song, and it reminds me of the Ghostbusters. I don't know if uh, there's anything going on there legally or what the fuck. But uh, you, wait, do you really not know this? I really don't know this.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, things went down,
2: shit went down. Oh, yeah, this <laughs> is a whole to- thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was settled out of court but uh Ray Parker Lewis Jr. Uh, definitely owed uh Huey Lewis
2: and his news some money. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean I mean that's the first thing I thought of was Ghostbusters. I was like, wait a minute. Um and then it's like oh, that's and that's that's what a jury of your peers thought as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay
3: oh, yeah, hey, Wait
1: don't. a minute That
0: does sound like the the Huey song thing. Huge Just
3: picturing like a bunch of like big like goons from TV shows like sitting there like scratching their forehead like oh like, wait yeah. a minute
2: <laughs> like the glutes from Ren and Stimpy oh yeah yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: that's why they made me the head B
2: guy okay
0: okay Homer. <laughs> Mr. Uh, yeah, Foreman, no. have you reached a f- verdict?
3: <laughs> yes, on, I have. <laughs> da,
0: <Duh>, yeah, boss. <laughs> the verdict is I made poopies <laughs> in my pants. We try tomorrow.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Continue. <laughs> oh, I don't have much to say more. I, um, there's like a little sax, kind of like uh, I don't know what you call it over in your melodic world over there. Oh, interlude, a, yeah. Run rundown, yeah. Um, Uh, And then the guitar solo was cool, too. Yeah. Lots of good guitar soloing on this album. Yeah, great, great, great... It's very uh,
3: tasteful. Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: good lyrical... It tastes like
2: animals' cheeks. Delicious. (laughs) Welcome back to Cheek Talk. We're talking cheeks. Imagine that. Imagine a podcast where we (laughs) just try different animal cheeks. right, today we're... Today we're going to try the red flying squirrels, Cheeks.
3: And this is the first time someone who do, was doing a completely legal podcast but was still arrested <laughs> and found guilty of their crimes. It was
0: just, it was just icky. <laughs> Welcome back to Cheek Week, everyone. The week of Cheek. <laughs> going to get some shark cheeks, some tiger cheeks, hippo
1: cheeks. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, hippo,
2: hippo cheeks would probably be great. Oh, yeah.
0: Probably tastes like Canadian bacon. My favorite track is Heart and Soul. trouble picking because there, there's uh yeah there, there's definitely a few strong tracks on here uh, but I think that's the one essentially I'm gonna go with uh yeah I've always really liked this song it has a uh, great energy to it uh, it the the chord progression in it the kind of like main chord progression of it is like slightly misleading because uh, it, it, it's not like playing right on the new root note it's doing the dominant thing uh, kind of ride that thing and <clears throat> Yeah, the uh, great synth work. I, I love that synth stuff. That kind of like kind of spidery synth stuff that happens uh, over the verses and uh, like the modulated stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just a great tune. I didn't know it was a cover. Uh, it was actually originally written by Exile, the guys who do the "I Want to Kiss You All Over" song. <laughs> uh, they might remember from was that, was that uh, I mean, Billy Madison Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore? There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good stuff, but uh, yeah, that, that's just a killer tune. That one always pumps me up every time I hear it. It's uh, similar to uh, "Walking on a Thin Line." Uh, the yeah, the verses are, are just like are, are the sort of like verse-chorus things are very well executed. Uh, yeah, they do a good job with it. I, I'm curious to hear what the original would sound like, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of this one.
3: Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, the The opening one-two punch of "Heart and Rock and Roll" followed by uh, "Heart and Soul" is is really really good. That's just such a strong one-two yeah, punch. Yeah, no, that that's a track and two and, and a half. Is, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, "Heart and Soul" is is great to me because it does something that Huey Lewis and the News do frequently that is not easy to do which is they create musically-sounding neutral passages where it's, it doesn't really sound major, it doesn't really sound minor, it doesn't really sound like there's a motion behind it, but they make this passage of music just in the ether that sort of exists. Um, so, like, the verses in the intro to this are a good example of that, where it's just, like, kind of musically neutral. Um, the verses of Power of Love definitely do that. Uh, and I Want a New Drug does it to some extent.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of, like, ambiguity with, with like what what the actual mode is, uh, yeah, I was kind of commenting on that too. It's yeah, it's a uh, strangely sophisticated track. Uh, I mean, and, and you know, know the lyrics aren't really doing too too much. Uh, something else I really I kind of love in that song that's super simple is uh, like little delay throws that happen on the verses. And, they're in, and, and, like, it's only one throw. It's like the... Do fuck this morning, morning. I don't know, they get, that shit's cool. Yeah. I like that. It's very slick.
3: Well, so, so to my point, uh, they're definitely playing around with, like, kind of hiding what the mode is, but I think uh, my friend Steve put it best when I was playing, uh, uh, like, shortly after stealing the CD and uh, playing it in my <laughs> car for him. Um, or the greatest hits, rather. When Power of Love was playing and he was listening to the verse of it, he's just like this sounds like music that a guitar teacher would play.
1: <laughs> and
3: it was like, yes, you're exactly right. That's exactly what this sounds like. It's just very clinical. doesn't really have a whole lot of emotion to it. And you, you you might be hard pressed to find a key going on
0: there too. I mean, clinical is, uh, that's definitely a good term to use about like kind of this album in general. There's definitely a lot of calculation and clinicalness happening, uh, which probably why I was, uh, you know, ironically chosen as a favorite of American psycho Patrick Bateman. Too. <laughs> like just the uh, the 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 very calculated slickness of it. Yeah. All right. Uh least favorites. Uh Christopher, what was your least favorite?
3: I talked about that opening one two punch. Let's talk about where it stops. Track three, bad is bad. Is bad. <laughs> Good point. <laughs>
1: Do it's Do it's
2: the, the doo-wop. doo
0: yeah, doo, 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 doo doo-wop doo
2: yeah. yeah just those those snare drums
3: the, the program snares with the bad bad early 80s digital reverb on it it's just when that happened at the beginning I'm like alright we're in for a let's strap in we're in for a little bit of a ride here and uh, hopefully you know we'll, we'll all make it out on the other side
0: yeah um you brought up in the chat as well that they uh, they fancied themselves the bluesmen, uh, and yeah, the, this one I think is like they're trying a bit too hard to get bluesy on us and kind of stripped back uh, with you know, and we got a wind drum through some heinous early '80s reverb happening too. Uh, this was the one that had like six writers too, or something, right?
3: <laughs> yes, like, for a blues song,
0: like Foolish. Absolutely foolish. I think he was like working on this one while he was working with Phil Linnett from uh, Thin Lizzy on an album too. Hugh Lewis, that is. But I didn't. I didn't see Phil on on the credits anywhere. There's like a guy from the Doobie Brothers and like I don't. I, I don't even fucking know who any of these people are. Uh, so I'm not. I'm
2: not going to say them. Speaking. Uh, speaking of the blues, how many how many writers do you think there were on the uh... The, the blue box, blues, blues, the craft Macaroni and Cheese. I got the blues, craft Macaroni and Cheese. How many how many writers do you think that took? Now? Oh, probably
3: way more than you would imagine because it's coming out of some <laughs> ad house in New York. Some soulless uh-huh. bunch of fucks who are all just like, oh, like they, they aren't songwriters, but they know that they get royalties if they like add a word. So there, there's a bunch of fucking young executive assholes trying to get a piece of that pie. That's a
0: boardroom decision right there. Every lyric was was chosen by a different board member. So I, 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 uh, I think that's how you write music. They
3: just did like an exquisite corpse style where like everyone just said a word and they just kept going around until they had a completed song.
0: Did this strangely made sense. All right. What if they just went like really dark with it? like Like a real blues number and just like... Singing about the despair of, of having nothing left in your life but a box of blue mac and cheese.
2: <laughs> I'm depressed, but I ain't got nothing left but this blue box blues. I'm going to make some macaroni and cheese. <laughs> all I can cook is blue mac and cheese and my heroin. But a am all out of milk. That was a Tom Waits song right
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
0: those was off of... Swordfish, trombones, the old mac and cheese number. Love <laughs> <Or> that one, <laughs> Jim. What's your least favorite?
2: Hi. Uh, my least favorite is uh, the SpongeBob macaroni and cheese. Uh, what?
0: I love, spo- no, uh, I love the Sponge. No, I love the shapes, dude. The shapes are so good. Okay, sorry.
2: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, that's like they're all they're all great. Um, they I'm gonna go with. Uh, I me- I mentioned this kind of in the. Uh, chat. I'm gonna go if I'm gonna go with if this is it Because I think I, when I worked at Shaw's when I was 16 through 18, I, I think I've heard this song at least 500,000 times, uh, and I've had enough of it. Yeah, uh, You know, there's, there's nothing like cutting my hands on a cardboard box while I'm trying to shove some bottles of Tide detergent on the shelf, and I just hear, If this is it, and then I'm bleeding all over the place. And my boss is telling me I'm not stacking detergent fast enough, and I'm not, and I got my price gun going. I, I that's it. I, I I'm all set. It's all
0: it's all their <laughs> fault. I right know.
2: One one thing I just want to mention about this
3: is they self produced this album, as I think you mentioned, and the arranging of the backing vocals throughout this album, in particular on this song, are fucking nuts for a band that is producing themselves. Like that's it's really well arranged.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I I think from yeah, that extent yeah. they must have been doing that must have been what like the extent of their production work was like you said i'm sure they weren't touching any of the machines
3: yeah i had um i had a friend who was in a band in college and they would have two different kinds of practices one would be with the drummer and one would be strictly a cappella, where everyone who sang in the band would just work on harmonies like they were just meeting someone's dorm room and just fucking do it yeah yeah which is probably the kind of thing they had going on here
2: so another Shaw's song. So I think this song, and um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Mike and the Mechanics. That song, um, "All I Need Is a oh, Miracle." Yeah. All I need is you. Mike Rutherford's uh, band.
3: You're, you're, you're asking Patrick if he's familiar with Mike and the Mechanics. We. <laughs> <Please. laughs> but uh, uh, Have
2: not you heard not to Phil be Phil Collins. <laughs> not to not to be confused with Ernie and the Automatics. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember. I'll never forget that fucking song for as long as I live because they played it again at least five, tong- five times a night while I was there. And then one night, uh, my my boss was like, "Oh, this is Mike of the Mechanics. You don't know this song?" And I'm like, "No, Doug. I'm fucking 16 years old." <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Doug. It's classic Doug. Classic Doug. <laughs> and uh, and then like three weeks later, he goes. He's telling me what it is. And then three weeks later, he goes, if anybody could tell me the name of this song, you can go home early. And I was like, Mike and the Mechanics. Bye. <laughs> and I punched <laughs>
0: Damn kids don't know Mike or his mechanics these days.
2: Get <laughs> the fuck out of here. Send you home. You need to learn. Uh, I wonder if I still remember. No, I don't think I do. I was going to say, I remember if I still remember my pin to punch in the uh, shots. I still remember the intercom code, and every time I go in there, it, it's it's, it's, a, it's extreme test of willpower for me to not pick up the phone and go 777. Hello, everyone in shots. How you doing today. What you could do is
3: just lift up the phone, hit 777, and just let it go. and like just the music stops
2: and there'll just be like this haunting bit of like (laughs) air coming out of the
3: speakers through the entire store.
2: (laughs) I got, I I got uh, my, my last night of work. I got, I think seven complaints because I was just like, I was like, I'm never coming back here. I'm going to be an asshole. We played hockey in the frozen aisle with like a, a fucking package of bird's eye frozen peas. That was pretty cool. (laughs) Um, yeah, I picked up the phone and I dialed 77 7 and my friend Dennis worked the front end and I picked up the phone and I went, <laughs> and it went beep and I went, Dennis, this is God. You're doing an excellent job. <laughs>
0: Someone complained about that? They, I mean,
2: that was God. Oh, I mean, I did other things. I called somebody a bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that'll do it too. Cause, uh, my, my friend, uh, my friend was pushing me around in a shopping cart. And, uh, we were just we were just kind of being assholes. What are you, the fucking so, happy Mondays? And uh, and somebody somebody some woman came up, some Karen came up to me and was like, "Did your boss know you're doing this?" And I went, "I am the boss, bitch!" And then they pushed me away. Well,
0: she was being a bitch. Be fair. Be fair. Uh, my least favorite track. Uh, I kind of had trouble picking. Uh, I actually like. Kind of like every song on this album, to be honest. Uh, even even bad is bad, I I, I dig. Uh, if this is it, I fucking love that song. Actually, uh, I think I'm gonna go with Honky Tonk Blues. Oh. Out of there it's the last track it's it's a Hank Williams cover it's like doesn't really fit with the rest of the album uh, yeah I mean it, it, it's it's fine uh, I think every single other song on the album is is pretty great uh, this one is just the cover and it's there I mean they do a good job it's kind of fun I guess uh, the uh, the lap steel stuff is uh, kind of does some cool stuff melodically but that's really all I can say about it All right, uh, how are you?
2: Here we do. Oh yeah,
0: MVP. Let's sports. pause for station
2: identification.
0: <laughs> hey, you <laughs> two did to the I don't know. Uh, <laughs> MVP Sports. MVP yeah. Sports. Yeah, that's a good theme. That's
2: a good. It's uh, a good jingle. Yeah, David's really excited oh, about oh. his Gore Tex.
0: Gore Tex. And you got to get rollerblades; (laughs) they're they're on sale this week.
2: Uh, Yeah, Chris. I'm trying to remember if there was even an an MVP Sports around me. There had to have been. There's
0: one in Norwood. I know. Uh, Oh,
2: speaking of Norwood, Patrick, did you see uh, your hometown is going to be invaded by uh, the Disney Corporation this uh, this August?
0: Really? They're what are filming, they
2: filming? They're filming. They're filming a Halloween special in Nord, Massachusetts. Really? I wonder if it's a.
0: What's it called? Pocus uh, Pocus related, or something
3: like that. Nah, that's in the can. They filmed that in Providence oh, uh, no. last year. Oh,
0: that. Oh, that's right. They they already did that. Uh, shit. Uh, I wonder if it's going to be the new live-action uh, Black Cauldron that everybody's been clamoring
1: for.
3: We, you know, I would fucking love that <laughs> Black Cauldron. Fucking rips. <laughs> it is by far my favorite Disney movie. Yeah, was not successful, but it's it's fucking the, awesome. The
0: Disney movies in the '70s and '80s are like they're fucking depressing. <laughs> like there's just no other way to put it. The Rescuers <laughs> Down Under is like it, it's just fucking sad. Like the, the music and like the all like the yeah. title cards that happen, like just put me in a, like
3: well, a and bad not to, place. Not to <laughs> mention, it's similar to like early Scooby Doo where there's an element of real danger towards children in them. Yeah. <laughs> like, in those really... old oh, yeah, I mean, dude. Like, the You'd see stranger. Shaggy, like, tied to a log that was going towards a saw. <laughs> like, it would be, like, crazy <laughs> shit like that.
2: Uh, the Rescue is Down Under, so my brother and I used to watch that movie a shit ton. And I remember the... I think the uh, iguana's name was, like, Rosanna or something like that. And my brother and I used to call her Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Not even knowing what Marijuana was. <laughs> oh, I, I
0: kept saying yeah. the rescuers down you guys are under. A couple that was of the, cards. Uh, I, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking of the original, the original rescuers from like the late seventies. But uh, that's right; they did the Down Under. Well, one. I mean, even
2: it was kind of was the, uh, were, the were the five old movies, Disney movies? no nah, those Don no nah, they, they were <laughs> Don Bluth.
0: Yeah, those are fucking depressing too. Every Don Bluth film is, is
3: Don Bluth is always depressing. All dogs well, go I to mean, heaven. Sh- a fucking
2: white hearted oh, romp oh, about your yeah. dead dog. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's that was one I watched. I, and then I remember um, uh, I used to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit a lot, and I showed Emily it probably a couple of years ago. She had never seen it, and the part at the end when he's getting crushed by the steamroller, Emily was like. Oh my God, you used to watch this as a child? Because, I mean, you think about it, like, as a child, you don't know he's a cartoon until after. You're just watching this guy get rolled over by a steamroller. You know, that part did kind of terrify me, and the, the shoes <laughs> yeah. getting dipped into acid
0: kind of fucked it Oh, me yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. Oh, man.
2: That built character. Look at us now. Yeah. <laughs> we, we turned out just fine. No oh, nightmares. Yeah.
0: Uh, Christopher, what's your MVP moment on the sports album?
3: Who on the sports album, album my MVP moment was going to be in general, I'll give you a specific moment to to focus on for the clip, but uh, in general, uh, just the production of you crack me up. Oh my God. It was the first time where they did synth and blues on this and actually kind of made it work. Um, in particular, I thought the combination of the synth ba- uh, synth bass with the delayed guitars that, in time sounded really, really cool. And uh, yeah, just uh, as I said in the chat, it kind of sounded like a Devo song just with Huey Lewis on lead vocals, which is just fucking great.
0: Yeah, yeah that's pretty apt. Uh, yeah, another kind of underrated track and uh, one that's like a bit more new wavy and... That's kind of like what their first album was like. I, I checked out their first two albums kind of recently, too. And uh, yeah, it's kind of definitely a little bit more in that realm. Uh, yeah, the, the Devo synth is definitely palpable on that one, too.
3: Now, here's um, something I probably have brought up on this show before. But do you know who a chunk of the news um, were the backing band for on his debut solo album?
0: is it Elvis Costello or something weird like that? Sure is, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. It's, it, it's uh, yeah, there's like some weird, like, kind of ties vocally to Elvis Costello on that first album, too. Like, he sounds a little bit more like him, yeah. Uh, it, it's a decent record if, if, if y'all want to check it out, Jim. It's your
2: MVP moment, my MVP, Putin's moment. Um. In the heart of rock and roll there's the uh that triplet unison thing. I think you said it modulates and Christopher accused you of ripping it off for wisdom to the world. Yeah. Uh that's my MVP moment.
1: Oh,
0: son of a bitch, you talk about the dare na It's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn exactly. it Exactly. That, that was gonna be my pick too actually. <laughs> yeah, that's just fucking rad. Uh yeah, nice little like it's kind of like a two-four, or, or just like a quick measure or something like that. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a, yeah, it's for for like the opening track and the sort of energy of it. It, it makes it fun and like, oh yeah, we, we got a little something else cooking here, uh, other than just like straight eighties pop. Uh, although it's like a very stereotypically straight eighties pop song. Otherwise, uh, I. So uh, that being said, uh, since Jim. Bogarted that one <laughs> I'm going to go with the guitar solo in if this is it this is- Yeah I it it's just the the shit that I love like it's like a like a direct modulation in, into something else, and uh, very, very melodic and lyrical, and, and does all the the little things, and leads you back into the, you know, original key of the verses. It's just, just tastefully done. Good,
2: my, good eighties dad rock shit. Was, uh, my my note for that guitar solo was another ripper.
0: Yeah, another <laughs> ripper. Uh, yeah, that that, that little solo is great. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I kind of love
3: that too. Not going to lie. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan.
2: Uh, all right. I would like it if I didn't hear it 500 fucking million times. But yeah, it's so. completely, completely <laughs> um, valid. Yeah, we all
0: have songs like that. I, I think, uh, Chris Spurs is uh Do It Again or Reeling in the Years or something like that. Uh,
3: Reeling in the Years is the one that, like, really bothers me when I hear it.
2: <laughs> For me, it might be. Uh, I think just, it was, uh,. But yeah it is from a
3: childhood workplace too it's it's a place I worked when I was a teenager I heard it fucking right. every day there so that's that's a hundred percent why
2: what's what's that uh what's that Phil Collins song where it's like uh you just have to wait blah 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 oh the, the, uh, the, that the oh that's even.
0: his cover of uh uh you can't hurry love.
2: Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, the I've Moten heard that number. one five hundred fucking million times.
0: Yeah, yeah, that that was pretty fucking obnoxious. Uh, and that's coming from someone who, who <laughs> loves Phil Collins.
2: Uh I love Phil Collins too, so it breaks my heart too. Uh say that, so. no, I think I think for me, although, uh although anytime I hear that fucking Tarzan song I wanna punch myself in the face. Oh he
3: yeah, that's a bad in one. My heart.
2: <laughs> Oh yeah, the I the, from the Iceland movie thing there.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that short film, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Uh, no homo is what it's called, and it's very funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the title is intentional. It's <laughs> it's aware of what it's doing. <laughs> no, it's it's
0: very funny. Okay, uh, what are we on now? We're, are we comparableing this thing now? Yeah, we're yeah I think we are comparableing. Uh, Christopher, what's what's a comparable album to Hugh William Lewis's Sports?
3: Business as usual by Men at Work. Right. Uh, it's their first album. It's the one that has all the songs you know on it. Uh, it's it's actually a pretty good album. It's one that I inherited in my vinyl collection from my brother. And uh, one that I'm happy to have. But yeah, it's it's pulling from a lot of the same things here. It's got a little bit more of like a post-punk new wave uh, thing going on. But it's definitely cut from the same cloth as this album. Basically, if Huey Lewis was a little bit more post-punk, he would be closer to Men at Work. Um, but since they're a little bit more blues, they're Huey Lewis. And uh, that, that's that's the news. Yeah. Louis
0: Lewis and in, in the news, Louis Lewis and the Blues it was right there,
3: just hiding in front of us the whole time,
0: in
2: plain sight. Jim, what's your uh, comparable album? Um, I don't know what album it would be, but I fucking heard this and. Uh... <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I, I Jay Giles. It reminds me of Jay Giles. I don't have a specific album in in uh, in, uh, <laughs> in mind, but all I can think of when I hear Jay Giles now is Patrick Owen. Thanks, Jay Giles, for writing all those songs that I fucking hated. <laughs> and pissing off some Boston locals that uh, won't be named on the show. That yeah. was that was
3: one of the best Facebook posts I've ever seen. <laughs> Just right after Jay Giles died, Patrick responded <laughs> by thanks for writing all those songs I hate.
0: <laughs> freeze frame is probably the one you're thinking of. That that's probably a good one to go with. That's one with uh, yeah, centerfold okay. we'll, freeze we'll frame one. from nineteen eighty yep, oh, one. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's we'll go that's that that gotta be the one. <laughs> that's that, that's that's the one. Uh, I I had a couple in mind. Oh, weird. What's that?
3: I just I just looked that album up on on uh Wikipedia and apparently their keyboardist wrote all the songs not Jay Giles nor Peter Wolf the lead singer
0: yeah uh, huh Todd well Jay Giles you know, I it's apologize it's... you didn't write any songs that I
1: hate actually <laughs> <laughs> so.
0: So, I uh, so you,
2: I, I'm so I, not even going to call it the Yacht Club. I'm going to call it the Boat Club Club, so I don't sound like a fucking yuppie, uh, even though I pretty much am one at this point. Um, so my father, future father and I joined a, a boat club because we don't want to tow the boat anymore. And, you know, the, the members of the boat club, they're all nice people, but you can imagine what kind of people they are. And I remember overhearing like uh, a group of people the other night when I was down there going, yeah, we're going to get out of here uh, there. Jay Giles is playing the show right now. And Bill was like, wait a, wait a minute, like the actual Jake Giles band or a cover band? And he's like, no, 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 the actual Jay, Jay Giles band. But I think, was it, uh, what band is it where, uh, is it Jake Giles band where there's a cover band where the bassist is the bassist of the cover band, too? I think it is.
3: Sounds about right. Oh, I don't know, but that that sounds
2: incredible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Man, that sucks. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean... Do you got to do, I guess? Ah, oh, man. Yeah. Comparable album. I, I actually, like, I couldn't pick one. I was, uh, so, uh, there are a few I was thinking of. Um, one being one that I have mentioned on the show before Private Eyes by Hall & Notes. Uh, it's kind of similar, you know, template for 80s pop, you know, like very slick, uh, new wave adjacent keyboard heavy pop rock that, you know, also kind of references the blues and, uh, you know, 60s doo-wop and shit like that. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's probably a pretty solid one to go with. The other one I was thinking of was kind of a weird one, and it was Rush's Moving Pictures. And okay. it's because uh that was kind of more like the analogy between Picture This and Sports kind of mirrors... Uh, what happened between uh, Permanent I mean, Waves and uh, Moving Pictures? Where it was like we uh,
2: camera camera eye kind of kind of has a that vibe to it. I would I would say. Well, the, you get like
0: yeah like very uh, you know like not too reverb heavy drums and like you know like very purposeful kind of everything in its sonic place style production. Uh, but yeah, I was more thinking that uh, Permanent Waves was a pretty big record for Rush. Uh, and, like, a big kind of commercial success for them, so I think they, um, that kind of put a little fire under their ass to hurry up and, and, like, work on songs they had already been working on and, like, release an album a year later, basically, uh, and, yeah, we kind of got that between Picture This and, uh, sports as well, where, you know, these guys had a huge hit, or, you know, pretty big-sized hit, and they, you know, decided to try to, put something together uh maybe self-producing to save some money i don't know or, or it kind of looked like that they were kind of doing that anyway that, that was kind of the trend that was going on um uh, yeah uh, i mean i i have to imagine there there are dads who own moving pictures and sports out there
3: right probably <laughs> i'm sure probably <laughs> probably uh i I'd just like to give an update for Jim, uh, for for your own edification. You are absolutely correct. It is Daniel Klein, or Danny Klein, who uh, is a part of the Jay Giles band whenever there's a reunion. And he also has his own band, Danny Klein's Full House, which
2: performs Jay Giles songs.
0: Well, Uh, okay. All right, well, that's good. That's good. Did
2: he ever do any writing for the band? Not to be confused with uh, Danny Tanner's Full House. Yes, di- slightly different full house.
0: Well, that that's what it was referencing, 100, percent right? Danny Tanner's... God, imagine.
3: <laughs> Ima- imagine if one of those referenced the other. I don't care which. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, what? what the fuck ever happened with that? By the way, Bob Saget like died, and then they were saying like he had head trauma. Then they were saying like there's no way he could have done it itself. And then that story like fell off the face of the earth. Like, was Danny was Bob Saget murdered or what the fuck? What happened? Uh,
3: I don't think he was murdered.
0: Yeah, he likely had
3: a fall. He was also uh, COVID-19 positive at the time of death as well. Oh, Jesus. Okay, I didn't know that. It does look like there's a lot more going on here. Uh, But yeah, it doesn't look like murder. It just looks like things are inconclusive.
0: What kind of person is this? Would be like what? What kind of person would be nostalgic for both Jay Giles and Full House to make the the Danny Tanner no Danny
3: Klein band? Uh, There's like no marketable one. thing. No, we're one, talking right? two completely different generations,
0: right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, unless there are like some kind of I don't know younger boomers oh, yeah. who like tuned into the TGIF program with their kids at night. I don't know. Oh man, yeah, that's nothing what I would, that's better than what I
2: would being. Say.
3: Twenty five years old and single and home on a Friday to catch some full house. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. All right, fair enough.
0: Alright, uh why don't we why don't we circle the bases here? Uh yeah, it looks like we're we're kind of uh getting to that time. Let's rate this motherfucker. Christopher, what do you rate sports by Huey Lewis and his news?
3: Alright, so the self-titled Greatest Hits Album that I've put together in the course of this episode by Huey Lewis and His News, which is uh, now a Spotify playlist by that name that you can search for, uh, that gets a 10. And I just want to read to you the the track listing for that, Patrick, and see if you agree. Alright, starting out with Heart of Rock and Roll, Into Heart and Soul, then Into Power of Love. Following Power of Love, I Want a New Drug, and then good ol' working on a thin line then we're going to be uh giving some levity with back in time followed by if this is it and you can uh you crack me up then we're closing with the trio of hip to be square stuck with you and do you believe in love
0: I mean, that's, that's a 10 out of 10 album right there, bro.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is that is my 10 out of 10 Huey Lewis album, which I think can be achieved. Unfortunately, sports is not it. Sports has, um, it's got one clunker on it, and it's got a couple of songs that are a little bit more forgettable. Overall, I'm going to give it a soft eight. Uh, it definitely deserves an eight because the songs that are there are really there, and um, there, there's something to be said for that, even if there are uh, a couple little flirtations with uh, mediocrity
2: throughout
0: word word all right jim slap the sports album I'm gonna onto to chop it block
2: uh, give it a number i'm going to i'm going to spin the wheel of sports and i'm going to land on the smack dab and the number 7 um I, I can't sit there and deny that like these guys aren't musically awesome uh, and put together some pretty cool tunes. But I cannot shake that uh I cannot shake that supermarket rock and roll feel. Uh so because of that it's gonna it's gonna get docked a point. Um I don't know, maybe I'll listen to some Huey Lewis on the news when I'm driving around. I probably won't, but maybe I will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I don't But you know what? Go ahead. I'll think of you, Patrick, when I do.
0: Please do. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect to, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't introduce Huey Lewis in the in the news to someone like you know, that I I wouldn't introduce it to you like I would introduce Henry Cow or something just like that to you, <laughs> or, or like some other fucking weird like Krautrock band. No, I mean they're they're they are what they are. They're you know, very very you know, they, and they kind of know what they are too. They're they're slick eighties pop rock, uh, you know, kind of. Production wise, right place at the right time. Uh lyrically and spiritually, I I don't know that like they feel a bit to me like a step out of time. Like they by nineteen eighty three they were
2: kind back of back in time. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh by like I don't know, by this album they you know, they kind of sound like lyrically like like a bit over it and a bit like I don't know, like even, you know, the heart of rock and roll is this sort of like take on like oh like they they can package it as you know whoever you want post-punk new wave whatever it's still all rock and roll it's it's a very like kind of old guy in the music scene opinion so uh that like i i kind of gives me some trouble listening to it uh just because it, it i don't know i feel like Maybe some of these things could have been, you know, exp- there, there could have been some deeper lyrical themes on, on this record, maybe, that that would have helped me connect with it more. Uh, that being said, like, musically, production-wise, uh, it, it's fucking awesome. Uh, it, it's just a great, solid 80s pop record uh, that, really, I can listen to front to back. Uh, the playlist that uh, Christopher just read off to me was... It's funny, I was thinking, like, oh, if you took off a couple of the covers and replaced it with the Back to the Future song, like, this would be a solid fucking 10 from me. Uh, just because it's, it's just such a, like, a good, consistent, solid effort. Uh, but, yeah, I think, like, a few of the tracks kind of clunk, and uh, the presence of, the kind of heavy presence of covers kind of, like, uh, dilutes the experience for me for a bit. So, I'm, I'm giving it a very strong eight. Uh, and I, I was kind of tossing between an eight or a nine, but uh, yeah, I think all in all, this is uh, probably the best they could do uh, for an album, uh, and it gets an eight. Uh, but for what it's worth, I'm going to listen to this uh, greatest hits that Christopher put together because that
2: just it sounds awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what?
2: I I will I will commit to that. I will listen to the Christopher's Best of Huey Lewis playlist. All right. All right, right I'll guys. Send you a link, Huey Lewis net worth. Mm, Christopher, cool. you start. <coughs> you know the rules. Price is right. Closest yep. love going over wins one of uh, Nick Mason's cars. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> Prize is always I'm the kid. same. All right, uh, I am going to say for Huey
3: Lewis. He's interesting because, in addition to having tracks and film soundtracks. Having royalties from huge ass hits. He's also been in movies and had like non trivial roles in movies, uh, especially in the mid to late 90s. So, I'm going to say 60, 63
2: million. 63. Okay, Patrick.
0: Yeah, uh, dude seems like he's probably pretty responsible with his money. It's always, he's got a very like adult, uh, responsible air to him. So, I, I don't picture him being like an idiot with his money a lot uh and w- let me tell you i when i was uh working at uh that hvac company up up in littleton mass for for like a year there uh they had the uh whjy they like one of the big classic rock stations up in boston on like every single day and let me tell you i heard uh probably three songs off this album every single fucking day so <laughs> dude's still pulling in some royalties for sure and uh he did write a fair amount on this album too. So, yeah, I, I think he's probably got
2: uh, he to be up there. I'm going I'm to say 90. 90 million. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, not sorry for uh, Nick Mason. Gets to keep his cars this time. Uh, Huey Lewis net worth 25 million. Oh, huh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Wow. Wow.
0: Maybe he's spending it down. Well, so so the kids don't get he spent it, it all yeah.
2: on
3: that new drug. No, he, he Yeah, he was probably he was probably doing cocaine. We we have to assume he was <laughs> blowing a lot of cocaine in the eighties. Oh yeah,
0: okay. So so he could have spent a good chunk of that on, on drugs. Uh, my my other thought is he's spending it now, like he's responsible in the eighties, and, and now he's like. You know, I don't want my fucking shitty brat ass kids. They they don't deserve a dime of my inheritance. <laughs> I want my I want my last check
3: to can't take it with no, them <laughs> I,
0: I want my last check to bounce <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> they they aren't getting a dime of my heart. That's soul basically
2: money. Uh, that's basically what Bob Dylan did, right? He was like, ah, I don't want any of my kids to have to fight over any of this shit. So I'm just gonna sell it all. to... <laughs> what well, still like oh, oh 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 like oh he sold yeah. his. Uh, The the rights or something. His catalog, right? He
0: did that. Yeah. Well,
2: Jacob Dylan is doing just fine. Yeah. Did you guys have you guys seen the uh, the speaking of American Psycho, the American Psycho parody with Huey Lewis and Weird Al? Yes. (laughs) No, I heard about it. I I saw the
0: I want a new duck or whatever was the song. Very good shit.
3: Alright, I got a a headline and I've got um, some potentially sad news here. Oh. uh -oh. Uh-oh. Before I give you the headline, the most recent Brett headline I can find is from September of last year.
2: Uh Uh-oh. He gave up.
3: Well, he's still listed as admin, but uh, there's another writer who's doing more of the quote-unquote writing and he uh, seems to actually be treating it a little bit more seriously than Brett. Uh, maybe not as sources, but at least in terms of like putting together an article that features content, he's he's actually making an effort to do it. So un- unfortunately, um, we might be at an impasse for this in the future. But for now, we still have a well of uh, previous uh, uh, articles that we can we can dwell from.
0: Oh, you can go into the archives. Sick.
3: Yeah, it, this is from September sixteenth of last year, so it's not too too far off at this point. <clears throat> and. <clears throat> simple, so I'm just going to give it to you as is. Stone Temple Pilots quote-unquote name change leaks? No, that's Stone Temple Pilots name change leaks? Question mark. Oh, that so, no, this a question? I don't know, man. You, you wrote the article.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
3: <laughs> so we'll, we'll do our 10 yes or no answers, and then you can each do a guess. So, um, Jim, why don't you uh, why don't you start us off?
2: Does it involve Jeff Gutt?
1: <laughs> no.
0: Jeff Gutt. <laughs> Jeff Gutt. Um. Is one of the DeLeo brothers changing his last name?
3: <laughs> no, but that that's fucking really good thinking. <laughs> Uh, it's it's not, you're not warm but I, I just love the, your line of thinking for that.
2: Does it have to do with a new album name? No.
0: Is the Stone Temple Pilots officially shortening their name to STP?
3: Ooh, interesting. No, they're not shortening their name uh, but I'll just leave it at that. They're not shortening their
2: name, Jim. Question You're number blank six. Like spinning it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the stoned temple
0: pilot.
2: Um.
3: <laughs> remember, um, just as always, think about potential sources. Um, and when I say that, don't. It, don't necessarily go through the social media
2: possibilities. Uh, okay, I was gonna go just you know there, think yeah. think about what the source could be for this. I was just gonna say like I'm not just don't count this. But I was gonna be like oh they're changing their handle on social media. Um, um, Stone Temple, what can you read the headline again?
3: Sure, Stone Temple Pilots name change leaks. Or name change. Leaks?
2: Um, I mean... Were they actually... actually
3: You you know what? Let let me go out and I'll give you guys guys a hint on this one, Right? I will give you one fact about this article. And that is the source. And the source is... A fan.
0: (laughs) Oh, good. Oscillating (laughs) fan or... or, Oh, okay.
2: okay. Did a... did it did a did a disgruntled fan complain about the name of the band saying that it uh, changed since no. Scotty Wyland. okay
3: nope I would say the fan is uh, anything but disgruntled I mean they might that might be a little gruntled but uh you know they're they're not unhappy with things uh, was there a
0: proposed album title that uh, is now uh, going to be changed or something? Uh, news about that?
3: No. And uh, I, as another hint, I'll say
2: this isn't news so much as uh, olds. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, okay. Did uh, did a fan uh, d- uh, uh, release that the what the band was going to be called before it was called Stone Devil Final? You are
3: in spitting distance, but unfortunately, no, that is not the correct answer. <laughs> nothing to do with Mighty Joe Young, which was their original name. No, no, no. It's nothing from before. That was how, what I just answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not, not, not my, my, nothing to do with Mighty Joe Young or uh, Shirley Temple's Pussy, which was another title they entertained. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so not, nothing to do with any of that. Jesus. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep. True story. <laughs>
0: Uh, All right. Uh. So, sorceress is a fan. Some type of pilot. New name leaked. Question mark. Are they having a baby? No. Um. (laughs) 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 That's not a (laughs) real question.
2: Yeah, Jeff Guts pregnant. Oh yeah, I told you he wasn't involved. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> is the sperm involved though? Is sperm uh, is sperm I, involved? I don't, I'm just I, kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't, I don't,
3: I don't think it would be at the time of this article. No. Or, <laughs> right. right, Well, n- not at the time of the article, but the at the time of the events uncovered.
0: Not out of the realm of possibility. Though. Um. Okay. So, uh, source is a fan. Not an album title, not a band name title per se, and and we decided it wasn't like a social media handle name change, right? It,
3: it, yeah, I said don't worry about social media, and I didn't say that it wasn't a name change. I just said that it had nothing to do with any of the names prior to Stone Temple Pilots. Did they
0: finally decide to change the name of Big Empty to uh, something that is a lyric from the song?
3: Uh, no, they did not. Uh, Jim, you got the last yes or no, and then you can make your guesses.
2: <laughs> did, did they change Did they change Scotty Weiland's name from Scotty Weiland alive to Scotty Weiland dead? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, I'm a bad person. It's about time. Uh, they did. About, God damn they did not. All
3: right. So I think I miscounted on that, and you actually got 10, uh, 11 questions. I don't know but that's okay. Uh, Jim give me your guess as to what happened here. So just to run down again uh, don't think about Mm -hmm. social media Um, a fan is the source the um, has nothing to do with the band changing their name um, before they were called Stone Temple Pilots has nothing to do with an album title Um, and I think did we say has nothing to do with the song title?
0: Yes. Nothing to do with Big Empty. um,
3: But Um, Yeah, and once again, the uh, headline is Stone Temple Pilots Name Change Leaks. All right, so yeah, Jim, you go up first.
2: Did a fan... Did a fan run into one of the Toledo brothers in a Jersey Mike's and ask (laughs) while he was eating an Italian sub if they had any plans to change the name of the band after Scotty Weiland passed away. All right, and Patrick?
0: Did Dean DeLeo recently join a vegetable identification group uh, who are uh, weirdly powerfully like, they, they, they have lobbyists in Washington for some reason uh, and they are they, they have the power to be able to change the name of uh, vegetables uh, and Dean DeLeo is like very interested in changing the name of leeks uh, he thinks it needs to be something else I don't know what uh, but just, he just <laughs> doesn't like leeks it grosses oh, him out
3: I don't know why surprisingly surprisingly, Patrick got it in one uh, we can all go home now uh, no, all right, Jim perfect. you were actually legitimately a little bit closer Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> just a little bit though uh, yeah yeah you're, you're not close don't get me wrong but you're closer all right so here we are I, I'm
2: Stone about as close to the sun as the earth is to the moon as the moon to the yeah sun. <laughs>
3: more or less yeah, yeah. Stone <laughs> Temple pilots name change leaks all right so we got two sentences here although the first one will give you all the information you need to know Flying Merpa on Stone Temple Pilots Reddit has unearthed that on April, th- uh, April 12th, 2013 STP filed a trademark on the name The New Rituals just a month after firing Scott Wyland and a month before announcing Chester Bennington as their new singer. It's oh, unclear if they actually him. wanted to use the name or if it was a backup if their lawsuit with Scott Wyland over ownership of the STP name failed. Oh.
0: So they were going to change the name of their the band to something else if
3: they lost. Man. Yeah. If they lost. Everybody they lost,
2: the yeah. Do, Everybody the DeLeo brothers touch dies, huh? Yep.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Eric Kretz is doing all right. He's been around him for a pretty long time. <laughs> well, I think the it's the
0: singers though that that get it. Uh, yeah. Who knows what happened to the dude from talk show? He just like he didn't die, but he got a he got a fate worse than death. <laughs> Dave Coots. Dave Coots. There we go. That's his name. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he just kind of disappeared that's, off. That's the what face I'm happy to work. have
3: on the mental Rolodex, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew it
0: uh, when we had to do that album for Jukebox Heroes, but I've not thought about that name since. Uh, and
2: who else? Oh, Jeff Gut. Right. He's next. Jeff Gut. Yeah. He's next. He's- I saw Jeff Gut at at a festival. He actually did a pretty good job. Yeah, I
3: debated on seeing them um, last month. Uh, they were playing at Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom, and it was like surprisingly cheap. It was like twenty-five bucks, and I was like, "I could do this." And um, I-, I checked in with Deegan, and he's just like, "I saw them at the height of their
2: powers. I I don't think I can go see them now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw both Alice and Chains and S- STP with with their new singers at this festival, like back to back. Guy from Alice and Chains is fine. Yeah, no, he's fine, but it's just, it's weird, you know? It's weird, like, listening to it and having these two dudes, like, sound exactly like the people they're replacing, but it not be them, yeah. I mean, it was fucking cool to see, um, why am I blanking on his fucking name? Uh, Jerry Cantrell. Jerry Cantrell, yeah. Yeah. I almost said Lane Staley. It's like, oh, you're not gonna (laughs) see him. he's, a He's uh he's in the same state as Harambe right now. I'm pretty sure. I, uh, yeah, he's he's not coming down for breakfast either.
0: Yeah. I, I I got actually kind of cool. Got the opportunity to see Jerry Cantrell. Like, uh, it was right when Degradation Trip came out, and like maybe two months after Lane died, uh, he opened for Nickelback, oddly enough. Uh, and <laughs> nice. I uh, I got the ticket thinking that Jerry Cantrell was the the main act for some reason silly me uh, so I, I think I, I stayed for a few Nickelback songs and left shortly after uh, the fireworks were annoying me but like they, they weren't really at a, a I, point yeah. where like Nickelback like wasn't uncool yet per se uh, at least like yeah. not where I was from so like you know I, I gave him a chance I gave him a few songs I was like it's, all right, whatever uh, the Jared Cantrell show was fucking awesome though. Uh, I want to say William Duval might have been there doing backup too. Uh, yeah, uh, doing like all the lane parts. But uh, yeah, uh, that was a good show. I was at the yeah, song- I saw him uh, uh,
3: open for Metallica um, on the Reload tour right after uh, Boggy Depot came out. Oh yeah, my and brother, that was a lot yeah, of fun. My brother went to
0: that show. Yeah, he, went had to a, that uh, one. yeah he had
3: a yeah he had he had a dude playing trombone with him and. Uh, they closed with a cover of brain damage and eclipse. It was it was very fun. <laughs> Interesting.
2: So you, you mentioned uh, he was not coming down for breakfast, and it reminded me. Uh, so a friend of mine used to work, used to work at a uh, a, a feed store, and uh, one of the guys he worked with he used to pull open the paper every day they got to work, and he read really the obituaries go. He'd open it up and, like, ruffle the papers and go, all right, let's see who didn't come down for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> down
3: for breakfast. <coughs> That's so good. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think we should wrap this up. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, Chris, we got anything you want to plug this time around?
3: Ooh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Starting the very, very beginning stages of hopefully working on the second uh, Passive Witnesses record with Deegan. Um, we're in very, very baby steps mode right now, though, so nothing's happening soon with that. And hopefully i um, going to reunite with uh, John Green and finish up some vocals for Piotr and uh, finish up that full length soon. But uh, nothing, nothing at the moment.
0: Cool. What about you, Jim?
2: Uh, I'm going to plug my ass with my own thumb. That's about what I've got going on. Uh, now I'm get, I'm getting married in a couple of weeks. That's about it. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's coming right up. Yeah, big thing. I'm gonna
2: join. I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna have the 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 trifecta here of the old men yell at cloud. I'm gonna have a, a wife just like the, the other two. Yep,
0: you're gonna join the join the yep. guild. Yep. One of us. One of us. One. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Speaking of which, you assholes got to RSVP if you're coming. Oh shit!
0: Yeah, sorry. Thank you for reminding me. I was going to do that today.
3: well uh, oh, the, the invite didn't say anything about RSVPing. It just gave the uh, the thing. Do we have to go on the website?
2: Yeah, it's, it's on, on there. the website. Yeah, I, I, I knew that. It's it's on the it's on the invite. I, I need to know what you want. Learn. It wasn't. I need to know what you want to eat. Oh, I see. <laughs> I would like some cheek, down. please. Oh yeah, yeah. we're just going to have Harambe's cheek. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tonight, Harambe's cheek.
3: I'm just imagining the guy from Temple of
2: Doom bringing it out. Chilled monkey brains and Harambe's yeah. cheek. <laughs> Actually, if you guys if you want to follow me on Tik Tik tick TikTok, I've been po- trying to post a drum video a day on here. Uh, I'm at Drum Smarts. And uh, I've been posting it on TikTok, and then it's ending up on my reel on Instagram too. And for some reason, my reels keep blowing up, and uh, I'm not upset about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's—I that's, mean,
1: <laughs>
0: that's awesome. But like, also Instagram is is boosting the hell out of reels right now, which is uh, keep doing it, yeah. keep doing them. I guess they'll they'll uh, yep. they'll they'll be out there for the world to see. Uh,
2: Bizarre. Do is- one naked. They like that. Yeah. Instagram. I'll pull that. my wiener out. No, I'm just kidding, I won't do that. Plug your
0: maybe. plug your ass, get it get a nice uh get a yeah, nice butt so,
2: plug. Sounds like, a really, <laughs> sounds like a really bad idea for something to do on TikTok. Oh,
3: that's hey, a good look trick. at my wiener.
0: Try to stand up, hold a butt plug while doing double bass.
3: <laughs> yeah, crouch over. I feel like just even being in our age bracket and joining TikTok should probably put some people on alert <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it is not for us.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just oh, it is. It's yeah. it's it's for the it's for the Chinese to steal our information. Don't you know that? Yeah, true. Yeah. So is yeah.
0: anything else though?
2: They wanted my phone number today. I was like, oh no no, you're not getting that. I'll give it
0: to them. What are they gonna do with it? What are they gonna do call me?
2: <laughs> Hello. I know it's not like I don't get like fucking ten spam calls a day now anyway. I've had my phone number since I was 14 years old. <laughs> okay, I'm going to piss my pants. All right. Well, all right. Uh, yeah, I got, I got nothing going
0: on, really. Uh, just check out the other shows on the Zero Science Network. Uh, Jukebox Zeros, Clamshell Case Files, uh, World of Commotion, Hell's Musical, and all that good stuff. Uh, if you like us, give us a rating uh if you don't like us also give us a rating uh, and and tell us why you hate us like just write a nice little note uh we need to know because otherwise we won't change uh. <laughs> I'm not, uh
2: i'm not gonna change
0: yeah either uh, way this is a production of the zero science podcast network uh thanks again for listening in to
2: old men yell at cloud this is patrick y- yeah i'm christopher We'll be back in October. My name's Jim, and we'll see you in hell.
3: Science! Lil's and Patrick are two local musicians from the New England area whose minimal accomplishments have left them thoroughly unqualified to judge bands and artists who have been more successful than they ever could be. And yet their passion for bad music persists on Jukebox Zeros, the podcast that takes a retrospective look at the worst albums of all time. From the Shags to Attila, from cyberpunk to Scream, if there's a band that has an album they're ashamed of, Lil's and Patrick will be there. Share their love on Jukebox Zeros, now on the Zero Science Network and wherever podcasts may be found. Plus.